Hello friends, welcome to the Supernature Cafe. I'm your host, David Mage. And I'm your host, Reverend Audra of One Soul Awakening. Thank you for taking the time to tune into our show where we discuss the reality-bending stories and experiences from our Supernature podcast. Supernature Cafe seeks to be respectful to all people, humans, beings, and creatures of the universe alike. What we discuss and our content may not be suitable for all listeners. We strive to only speak of truth as we know it. Some listeners may find the experience and stories depicted to be unsettling and disturbing, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Supernature Cafe. So today's cafe, we talk about the two stories that we had in our previous Supernature episode last week. Uh, The first story was about a couple traveling in Lucca and throughout Italy that experienced a unwanted traveler or guest in their bathroom for a night. And the second story was about a young woman discovering some extraordinary pictures on her camera from some otherworldly beings. So first thing I'd like to bring up um, about these two encounters, these two experiences, Um, is that they really exemplify supernature for me. They're extraordinary. I mean, these circumstances are are generally uncommon to have uh, a ghostly encounter like this that's this surreal, or to have a extraterrestrial encounter that, uh, that brings potential evidence of uh, the experience afterwards. Um, and the, the important thing for me about this is that these seemingly extraordinary experiences, I believe, are really quite ordinary. I think these are a lot more common experiences than we let on. Yeah, and we don't want to say ordinary in the fact that they are not exciting and not interesting. Ordinary more so in the fact that these things happen, they're real, and we're maybe just not acknowledging them, um, but ordinary in that sense. So we definitely don't want to discredit. Absolutely. Uh, I like to connect that idea to our show and supernature. We use supernature, but the implication is that it's all our nature. It is just our nature. And this is where we need to be pushing the envelope of what our belief structure looks like, where paranormal experiences, um, extraterrestrial encounters are discussed in, in a place where they can be spoken freely and comfortably. Not for the realization of, oh my God, that really happened to you. Oh my God, you saw aliens or you had somebody in your room taking a bath for a night that doesn't exist. It's, what did it mean? Why did it happen? What, what was the, what is the greater understanding that's needed from this experience to help me through my, my life and help me through my experiences and help me through my path? Yeah, as kind of like a, why did it choose me? Why did that energy choose me and not the people before me or after possibly? What is that experience bringing up within me specifically? And I really liked that Christina from the extraterrestrial experience brought that up. Why did this happen to me? 
Um, because I think that's one of the most important things that we need to address dealing with this level of, of extraordinary circumstances. Another aspect that I found really important in regards to these experiences and the experiences of supernature in general that we are going to be discussing and talking about, and it's, it's taking things away from the see-it-to-believe-it fallacy. I was a huge proponent of this mentality up until a few years ago, that if I couldn't see it, it didn't exist. But I would be talking on my phone while I would say that to somebody. You, you can't actually see the electricity and the power that, you know, the connection, the Wi-Fi, however your signal is. How do you say see it to believe it, but you're on a telephone with somebody, <laughs> you know? 100%. Or you turn your lights on. Did you see that energy come through the wall? No, but you know that it's there. You believe it is there because that is believable. Yes. We've been trained to believe in some things, but maybe not all things. Right. I walk outside. I know the gravity is going to keep me connected to the earth. <laughs> and know. I'm not going to float away. I don't see the, these energetic chains holding me to the planet i i feel them but only in their effect that's like electricity yeah and like like the radio waves that transmit our cellular service or this episode to you right now or it is not physically coming to you <laughs> right my voice our voice is just being connected into a microphone and then transmitted out. You know, electricity is the most most basic way to understand this, I've, I find. And we can't see electricity. We know it exists because, well, we're, we're talking on a microphone and on a computer and uh, into the internet that all requires electricity to run. But that electricity is an energy field that's all around us. Um, it just goes to show that this energy is a, is, a, is a force around us that we cannot see. Yet we cannot deny. But we cannot deny that it's there. We can see the effects it has on everything we use electricity for, but we can't see electricity. So how is that any different than our consciousness? How is that any different than our soul? So we may have a, a soul that is connected to us, that is a form of energy. We can't see it, but it's there. You know, look at the near-death experiences that have taken place where people have come, by, come back and talked about seeing the room that they're in, seeing things going on, things going on in the, in the hospital that were happening at the time that they were clinically proven dead, but undeniably they have reference that it all took place and it all happened. And they saw it, but not with their eyes. They were seeing with something different. And this idea is actually brought up in a really, really good way in a recent documentary that uh, we just we just watched called Superhuman. It, it shows a lot of where our level of consciousness um, is through our latest technology and scientific studies. It was really fascinating to watch because it almost takes the two feeling is believing and seeing is believing and puts them together. And we were able to be taken through a series of events and experiments and, and testing 
to actually see not only what we're capable of now, but where that can go once you open up that gate and you can see so many different ways to express yourself, to change things, to move energy, uh, to visualize your life. And there's so many different facets that it kind of touched on that are absolutely fascinating to see where humans can be if we just open up our minds to understand that our world, our, our life, our universe is all just energy. And once we can get past that, I think then a lot of these things are going to be coming up a lot more and more. And these stories are going to be told so much more. And you won't have to feel that almost you, you won't feel as held back or as ashamed or maybe embarrassed to tell these stories because people will accept it more readily that feeling is believing. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great way of great way of putting it. Let's get into uh, let's get into our wonderful stories that we have. Uh, so the first story uh, we're going to talk about is the the ghostly encounter uh, in the bathroom uh, in a small Luca hotel. So I thought it was very interesting actually that Dan noted after they left the hotel that they thought of mentioning it to the um, the people that run the hotel that they had this experience. And I'm very curious to know what they would have heard from that, the hotel owner, about that room and about the hotel itself. I'm sure they would have realized or would have learned that there are many of these encounters that have taken place in Luca. Um, and it isn't surprising. Like, like Audra, you just said that energy, energy exists it never dies. So a place like Luca is a very probable place to see these kind of these kind of paranormal or these experiences or encounters happening quite regularly. When you have a place like Luca where its history goes back well to the Paleolithic era. Yeah, like what was it? So Luca was established as a Roman colony back in around 180 BC. So there, right there, we're talking over 2,000 years old, this town is. And that it's been highly populated since that time. So there are, we're looking at hundreds upon hundreds of, of, of years of energy built up of experiences and of these encounters. And, and, and then even, yeah, like, like you said, the Paleolithic era. So we're looking now, not only was they're a town there for 2000 years, but prior to that, upwards of another 10, 15,000 plus years, there have been, there's evidence of human colony, human colonies. Yeah. Humans living in that area. So the human energy has been there and is prevalently there for thousands of years. So like any, any, altered dimensions or any other like levels of energy aside just the residual energy that is built up in a place like Luca is inevitable that you're going to see things like this happen and experiences like this take place I think it's interesting too um I mean I would like to talk a little bit about their experience and what I kind of think about it but you brought something up um 
that kind of struck me a little bit in terms of the age of the city and, you know, the fact that there is a ton of residual energy there as there is everywhere in this universe. Um, but specifically there, they're surrounded by walls. So I sort of went to in my own head, you know, that all these energies are are trapped in there, in these walls, just waiting to kind of have other people experience them. And I'm not sure why I felt that, but I just got this overwhelming feeling of it was a walled community filled to the brim with stories. And I also think that the experience that they had was quite sweet. It was a person possibly having a bath or who knows, maybe they were bathing their child or something. It is a very sweet endearing almost yeah like there was no malice there was no ill intent there was even no real engagement or encounter specifically with that couple it was they were simply experiencing what this energy was doing on its own Mm -hmm. and they just happened to be a part of it yeah because i think a lot of um encounters especially in this day and age and especially with ghosts it's very negative um, you know, everybody wants to hear about the ghost that tried to kill them or, or this or that or haunted them right out of the place. But this was an interesting experience when I think about it, because whatever this energy was felt safe enough around these people to just be. And it wasn't, you know, this is my space pushing you out. It was, OK, these people are safe. I can just have that bath or I can do my thing. And I almost feel like it's a testament to the people and the energy that they brought to that space that allowed this, I don't know, entity, I guess, for lack of another term, um, was able to kind of express what they were doing safely. And maybe it scared them. (laughs) You know, they had some digging in the arms and some I'm not getting out of bed moments, but it was safe. And it was actually, I would think, a kind of beautiful experience. They may not have the same impression about the beautiful experience. Of course they wouldn't. (laughs) It's because, you know, on the outside, you can kind of look back and think, like, how would I pick that apart? And when I look at it from the outside, it's quite lovely. This person wasn't, you know, get out, get out, like you hear on TV. It was just, I'm going to do my thing over here. You guys are doing your thing over there. I'm comfortable. And now I'm done. I think it was cool. I think the more terrifying piece of the story was the fact that there was Snow White and Seven Dwarves statues everywhere. Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> That's bizarre. That's creepy. Super bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, yeah. how do you feel about the experience? Well, an- another thing I wanted to mention um, that I thought was really interesting about this, uh, tying it back to the seeing seeing it to believe it kind of mentality. And they didn't see anything. No. You know, they heard something. Uh, they didn't actually see what was going on, but they 100% believe something went on, something took place. And I thought it was a nice, a nice story to actually have where we're using our other faculties than simply just seeing something and, and having the belief in it. Have you had any ghost experiences? I have had a ghost experience. Can we know? Uh, I, was, I was very young and it was me and some buddies and we were out uh, near a um, known uh, ghost. Like haunted house? No, it wasn't a haunted house. It was uh, so we live in the southern Ontario region where there were a lot of um, war of 1812 battles that took place. And we actually have one location that's still 
um, pretty popular uh, nearby where we live. And we went there, me and my buddies, and actually brought a camera. And there's a house that was still on the property that we weren't focused on, but we were kind of panning the camera back and forth and stuff. And the uh, the actual night itself went on without any anything going on. But when we were watching the footage afterwards, we actually noticed in the window of one of the rooms of that house, I happened to be panning across at one point and it looked like the shape of a woman in the window. And yeah, I mean, to this day, we, we believe we saw, we captured something on, on video. But did it scare you? When we first saw it, yeah, yeah, it freaked me out. You're probably eating up all those, like, scary ghost stories. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, it was so creepy, but it was so exciting at the same time. Of course, where that footage is, <laughs> that camera, any of that information, I have no idea. Well, yeah, that's going back to, like, pre-cloud days. You can't just find stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, you would get, you would record stuff and, like... Put it on a floppy disk? Yeah, or... God, I don't even know. I don't even know now. What... I don't know. On a CD. Put on a CD-ROM. <laughs> floppy disk? Yeah. Yeah, jeez. But that's interesting because I think there are a lot of uh, spots, especially in the Hamilton area, that a lot of people... I mean, there's Haunted Hamilton. There's so many ghost tours out here that, um, you know, they they look for those things. There's a lot of a lot of energy in this town. Mm-hmm. Um. And like, what about you? Have you had any any paranormal or ghostly experiences that come to mind? I have. Um, funny enough, being a part of this now kind of makes me laugh because I have a bunch of uh, experiences that I, you know, never told anybody. And I mean, my family is sort of a, uh, you know, you would probably tell them something like that and they would just look at you with glossed over eyes and go, uh-huh okay, she's lying. Um, but it's funny because now that we do talk about this stuff with our families a little bit more, you hear how many stories your families have. Um, I didn't realize how energetically tied my parents were and how many things they saw or felt, but it's interesting because I lived in Jasper, Alberta for a while and um, I lived at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge did not know that it was haunted when I lived there and really wasn't that interested in that sort of thing back then. It was just sort of a job and I stayed and lived there and it was a lot of fun to kind of live in the mountains. But a lot of strange things did happen um, that I don't necessarily need to get into right now, but I believe 100% there's no other way to explain things that I saw and things that I heard and happened. Um, but it definitely opened me up to ghost stories and to being more interested in them and learning more about those experiences. Um, so one of the cabins that was private, um, I'm not sure, I wish I could remember the full story, but, um, I had heard afterwards that a child had passed away there like many, many years before. Um, but when I was in there with another girl, we had kind of set the space up and had gone down into the basement where they kept all the extra items for the rooms and for, and for that lodge. 
gone downstairs to grab some things to replenish. And when we came back, everything we did was undone. And I recall both of us kind of looking around, looking at all the doors that are all locked. It's just the two of us in there and everything was in disarray. Um, to the extent that we used to go in, the first thing we did in those lodges was check the chimney because to call someone to come and clean after a guest had left, it was a bit of a process. So we would check that first, make the call to the sweep to come to whatever place we were at. So we checked it and it was perfectly clean. You had to like touch it with your hand. If your hand came back clean, it was clean. If it came back black, you had to call somebody. Super obvious. It's not something you can really mess up. Um, however, when we were down in the basement grabbing things, we kept hearing balls rolling across the ceiling above us. And we were a little bit like, let's get the heck out of here right now. And when we came up, the chimney was filthy, covered in soot. You couldn't really miss it. And we were both just staring at each other like, let's call and get out. We're waiting outside for the person to come. We don't want to be in here anymore. It was just a little much. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't a negative or a scary experience or, you know, it wasn't like this horrible thing. It was just like something that we couldn't process. And we'd found out later this story about the child, which I don't recall exactly the details, but that he had passed away and he was a playful little kid because he's a little kid, right? He's just playing with a ball and we would hear that ball and it was just kind of one of those, okay, let's get out of here. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> I mean, now it'd be a different story, I'm sure, but we just couldn't process it and it was freaky. And, you know, you're there with someone who's afraid of everything as well. So it kind of heightens that fear of get out. <laughs> if I were to find out somewhere, somewhere that was haunted, that stick me in in that room overnight and I will figure out what's going on. You'll make friends with that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not afraid. Yeah. Like I, anybody out there, you got a place that you think is haunted. You want to let me spend the night and hang out. Just and him. See what happens. I'm in. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> I'll bring my camera. We'll bring some audio equipment. And we'll see what comes up and see what happens. I don't know who the we is that you're talking about. Okay. I'll be running solo. Yeah, he'll be running solo. I'm good over here working through my fears. So on that note, you guys got any uh, any interesting paranormal experiences or encounters? Things you want to... Uh, share, express, ask about? Send it our way. Please. We would love to share your story and look at it in depth. Um, now, our next story is about the alien encounter, our nighttime visitors. Mm -hmm. So the, the big, big question here, and similar to my experience, is, well, where's the, the, the pictures? And I think that's a huge question with her, too. Right. She wants those. You know, this experience happened, say, nearly 20 years ago, and similar to my experience... That footage and those the, the images and stuff that just get lost in time. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, she has not been able to acquire these pics. We keep pushing it, hoping that maybe we'll be able to get some of that uh, those images and uh, and post them up so everyone can can check them out and see them for themselves. Yeah, as soon as we do get those, they'll they'll go up here live. She is really trying hard to find them. Um, and like you said, too, it's so different. This was in the beginning of the digital 
era where you, cool, you have a digital camera, but then what happens to those photos? They get deleted and they're just poof, they're done or, or they're printed. Or they're put on your computer. On a stick somewhere, maybe. Well, I don't think there were even sticks back then. I don't then, even know. But I definitely do not have any of the computers I had from 20 <laughs> years ago. No. Like, I couldn't even I couldn't even turn it on. They, yeah. They're so old and it's outdated obsolete. now in comparison. Yeah, so she is trying to find these because she really wants to see them as well. Um, and it's interesting because when we go to the scene as believing, I mean, do we believe her story? And I wholeheartedly do. And the reason why I do is that I kind of look at it as, why would you make something like that up? She has barely told anybody. Um, it's been, you know, 15 to 20 years right now where she's actually just coming out and telling us, telling somebody about what happened. Um, and it's nothing of, you know, I was abducted and I saw this. And it's not this crazy story that could garner attention or you know anything like that it's a very simple sweet and interesting story and i believe it i liked actually what you mentioned and when we were speaking about this previously um about less emphasis on getting the pictures more emphasis on those beings coming forward and showing more evidence yeah, uh, so I think a little a little sidestep here. We were chatting earlier about this. So she describes these beings as the traditional kind of being that we would like to call greys, but let's call them what they are, which are zetas or zeta reticulans. So we were chatting a little bit about this, um, David and I, and I said, you know, instead of putting the onus on her to find these photos, let's call on our alien friends here. Let's call the ETs and say, guys, you know how to do this. You can materialize a whole lot easier than we can. So if you want us to see these, show it to us. Show it to her. I don't know if that's something she should meditate on, which I did tell her to do. But talk to those Zetas and say, bring those to me. Make those happen. Make those appear. Okay. You may think I'm crazy for saying that. That's fine. <laughs> that's sort of my belief side of it. Maybe we should just backtrack here for a second. So... We're not calling them greys, but we are calling them zeta reticulans. Yes. So Based on where they're from. Okay. Now, there's the zeta reticulans who look a lot like the standard alien being that we we know. Yeah. That we're, we're, we think of the big eyes, the... The larger the head, the head. smaller bodies, mm -hmm. ranging in size from like four feet to... I mean, some are six feet from what you hear. They're not all tiny. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so Zeta Reticuli would be the area that they are from. So I think it's better because their skin tones, this is making me sound nutty, but because their skin tones go from this beige to gray to purple to this iridescent almost, I mean, I think grays is a little bit pigeonholing them to all be the same. They are varied. Awesome. Like we are all earthlings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now let's let's just go back to the... The, the big thing that, that I really liked about um, Christina's story was not the story itself, but that she brought up why me, brought up this idea. Like they came into my room, they, they took pictures on my equipment. Why me? So I'd like to ask you, what do you think the intentions of, of an alien encounter like this would be for her? Um, I personally believe they chose her for a reason. 
I don't necessarily think that it was contractual or anything like that, that I think you might want to get into some detail with in a bit. But I think that possibly, not that she could have been headed in a different direction, but I think sometimes when these experiences happen, they open us up and they, they tell a different story about who we are, who we could be. And I think that by showing themselves to her in whatever, um, whatever style that may be on a photo or in her mind thinking back about this, it wasn't a negative experience. It was an experience. And she has that with her now. And I think that maybe that helped shape some aspects of her life very differently than they could have been. And I mean, maybe that was contractually the way it was. I mean, everything kind of happens with, with our permissions. Um, but I just think it was a mere, here we are, we exist. Now go on with your life. Now you know. And sometimes it just takes these little things to kind of happen along the way to help us expand. And all these things help us grow and become who we are going to be. So sometimes that seeing and that feeling and that believing is just expansion. And I think it changed the trajectory of maybe where she was going. And the and one wonderful thing I, I like about Christina's story is that no matter how big or small the impact is on that experience in that person's life, it's an impact on what's important. Shifting our belief from whether these beings or other beings exist beyond our reality to they do exist. And now moving forward into the next phase of our understanding. Now, not only do they exist, but how do we function in a, in a world where these beings exist? Okay, I was just thinking too, I think that the days of let's protect the humans, protect our countries and make sure that they don't know about all of these things that are actually happening, I think those days are long gone. Full disclosure. Everybody knows that this is happening now. Well, I don't think everybody. I think I think this is the issue, is that there are still a lot of people out there who... Are in denial? Are, well, are in denial, but are just are skeptical. Yeah. Like, are, are still don't believe, whether it's because, you know, seeing is believing and they haven't seen it, or, or whatever it is, or, you know, that, you know, there's been no evidence that anything has ever traveled to our planet Right, because they didn't. It's not affecting them personally. Right, I think I think that that is still a very prevalent um, mentality, and I think that the more people speak out about these encounters or these experiences, it is slowly breaking down that that skepticism. Because in my my beliefs, they're out there not not out out there and like in the galaxies and the cosmos like they're just outside of our Doors. planet <laughs> like, like just like electricity we can't see them at their the energy level that they that they vibrate at because all energy just vibrates at a certain level which allows us to perceive it within our visual acuity or not our spectrum of visual is very narrow compared to the frequency spectrum of energy and how it vibrates so for an energy to vibrate outside of our visual spectrum is not hard. And I don't think it's hard for these beings once they get to a certain advanced level. And I believe that they are just hovering on the outsides of our 
spatial awareness waiting for enough of our culture and enough of our of our of our human psyche to shift to acceptance so that we can then move forward into a galactic community and i think that's important i think so many people have still again with the fear um but when you look at who humans are it would be more suited to believe that they have more reason to be fearful of us we are we are vicious we are protective um so it, it is interesting when you say that when we're able to kind of accept it then they can show themselves um because i could i could very well believe that there's a reason why they don't show themselves and that being that what would we do we would cage them up and kill them look at our history so one th one thing I, I definitely want to address um is the is the 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 negative side of of alien encounters or alien experiences um we you know have had some feedback uh based on on some of the alien experience stuff um and we have had some conversations with some people about their from their negative experience uh with a extraterrestrial encounter and i will be the first one to say that i have not had a encounter to that level that some of these people are talking about and we get into like a lot of the experiences um pretty much we're talking about experiences that are of a physical nature um i.e abduction or um a physical interaction with a alien being and it not being a positive or being happy scary yeah it's it being a scary encounter or a painful encounter um, and that leading to a lot of anger and a lot of anger towards these beings and what happened well i think that we kind of chat a lot about contracts um, on sort of a galactic and energetic level and you know you like to say that when you have these experiences in your life whether they be with people in our lives that are physical or otherworldly experiences that they're part of a contract we knew about it before we came down here our memories are gone we don't remember maybe all of the ins and outs of that contract but they are there and they are things that we have agreed to however um, I mean, a few years ago, I started a group of people um, who needed support, who were having alien encounters. And it was really interesting because we kind of created a safe space to chat about these things with each other and work a lot of them out. And there were a lot of people who said, I did not agree to this. This was not a part of anything that I said yes to before coming here. And... I urge those people to look deeper, that maybe those things um, made you fearful. Maybe those experiences harmed you in certain ways, but what, what is it for? What was that for? What did it mean to you? Absolutely. Um, I think that's a great point. Um, and one, I, I can't speak personally from a alien encounter, but I can speak personally from dealing with negative um, negativity that if you are resonating 
negatively with anything. And this goes across the board from personal experiences to work experiences to paranormal or extraterrestrial. If anything is resonating negatively, that is there for a reason. And it is there to overcome. I think a great, um, a great example of this is something that you introduced me to with the, uh, the Egyptians and Sobek and these experiences that were terrifying, absolutely terrifying if you look at it from the outside. Right, right. These, pe these people were being put through these, uh, these, these oh, initiations that were meant to consume them with fear, but in getting through that fear awaken them to things that they would never have achieved otherwise. Well, I think we look at everything in the physical. As humans here on Earth, everything is very physical. And when you look back to the, the teachings and the initiations of Sobek, and if you don't know who he is, I urge you just to Google him and get some idea or read um, either one or two of the Flower of Life books um, by Dronvalo Melchizedek, because he goes through a lot of the initiation that Sobek kind of created. And it is fascinating, especially for someone like me, who like we talked about a few weeks ago, is terrified of everything. Um, so fear always comes up. And, you know, those Sobek teachings of going through fear and the importance of fear and how to move through it to get to that other side. You know, we look at the physicality of fear not the dimension of what fear is and where fear is. Like once you get past that third dimension of fear, you can go through it, experience it, and come out to another time and space. And, you know, the Mayans went through it. The Atlanteans went through it. The Aztec, the Incans, they all knew about this and they all kind of practiced those initiations. And it, I mean, it, it goes very deep, so I won't get into it too much here. But it is very important to acknowledge those fears, whether it be on one level, like with aliens or, you know, something else. For sure. And I think it, a great summation of it is no matter what, what you're feeling is if it's in a negative state, fear, anger, pain, it's meant as a trigger, a trigger to work through to move into something greater. What are you avoiding? Right. And that it, this isn't. An external trigger that this isn't meant to be solved externally in our physical world <laughs> solving this means going internal it means resolving it internally to find that solution within yourself that you can move forward with with certainty and comfortability and above all love love and compassion 100% that's all you really need to get through this emotion, love. Feel those emotions and get through them, work through them. Make sure you're experiencing. Um, and something too along that line as well is like when we do talk about fear, if you're not going through it, if you're not experiencing it and moving through and then past, it's all just going to come back. Whether it be in this life, and you have something that's maybe a little bit more difficult to deal with next time. And then you don't deal with it. Maybe next time it's going to be even harder until it slaps you across the face, makes you deal with it. And who knows if that's going to happen this time. Maybe you got to do it all over again and start over from scratch. And that is exhausting. We don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, 
even if anybody out there doesn't believe in reincarnation, just basic less life lessons will keep coming over and over again within this life until you find a way through it. Yeah. You find a way through it, or unfortunately, we die. I've seen, I've seen too many of my friends and family lose that fight because they weren't willing to confront themselves and face themselves and face the lessons that were right in front of them and what they needed to learn to move forward. And I think that's a wonderful segue for next week's story. <laughs> yes. Uh, next week's story is going to be another regression hypnosis experience. Uh, and it deals directly with some horrible things that were happening, but for a higher purpose. And we l learn a lot about this idea about not that there's a good or bad, but just that there are experiences for our highest purpose. Yeah, I think next week's going to be really interesting and uh, there's a lot to learn from it. Absolutely. So I hope that everyone has the time to join us same time next week, Sunday at 10 a.m. or download it for later. But um, there's a lot to experience with this one. I think it's going to hit people a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of value in uh, in these experiences that we have and that we sometimes take for granted. So stay tuned. We have some amazing stories yet to come. And if you're enjoying everything that you're hearing here, please find us on our social medias, connect with us, send us an email. You got some stories, you got some questions, send it our way. We'd love to keep this conversation going. Until next time. Stay lovely. If you would like to share your story or have any questions about our discussions or have any ideas that you would like us to include, email us at supernature at galacticcycle.com. And if you enjoyed this session, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform and stay up to date on all of our latest releases. Help us make these shows as interactive as possible. So please reach out and keep this conversation going. You can connect with us in the links in the bio and become a part of the journey. See you next time for more incredible stories. And in all that you do, may you reconnect with the earth. Thank you for listening and never stop pushing the boundaries of reality.